good evening to you. Um, if I haven't met you, my name is Hannah. I'm part of the team here. And tonight I would like to talk to you about the immeasurably more of God. And uh, I don't know what you think of when you hear the word more. What brings uh, to mind in, in, in my head is that scene from Oliver Twist. I don't know how many of you will have seen that musical where he comes along in the porridge queue and says, please, sir, I want some more. And uh, the reply is, more, boy. And uh, off he shuttles and there's some songs, as there are in musicals generally. Um, but I, I don't know what you think of when you hear the word more. To me, it seems like a bit of a, a selfish word, a greedy word, a kind of grabbing word. Certainly, if my children ask for more after three helpings of pudding, I'm like, whoa there, step away from the table. You have had your fill. Uh, so more is, you know, an interesting word. But I would love it if we could rethink that word more together this evening. I think one of the reasons that we maybe get bored in our faith, in our relationship with Jesus, with God, is because we do not ask for more. We do not press in for the more that God might have for us. We settle, and there may be a few reasons for us doing that. Maybe we kind of think we've done quite well so far and we don't want to ruin it. <laughs> Maybe we've got a bit familiar with our lot. We're like, yeah, all right, I'm okay, I'm okay with this. I don't, I don't need any more. Um, maybe, maybe we're a little worried about the discontent that might come if we open ourselves up to more. The unfamiliarity that that might bring, the things that it might stir in us, the change that it might necessitate. Sometimes that's a response. And uh, I was thinking about what to talk about tonight, this last restart, the heart evening, as Naomi said. And I felt led to this passage in the Bible where there's this guy called Paul. He's writing in the New Testament, so the second half of the Bible, God's book. And um, he's writing about the immeasurably more of God. And it just kind of grabbed my attention. Immeasurably more means quite literally, you can't measure it. That's what immeasurably means, in case anyone was unclear on that. So you can't box it, you can't like weigh it, you can't lengthen it, you can't Instagram it, you can't tweet it. It is kind of like beyond comprehension. It is immeasurably more. You can't contain it. And I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me, Hannah, there is more for you. There is more. There is. And um, I thought some more. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that the desire for more of God, even if we might not articulate it like that right now, I don't know where you are with God right now, but maybe for you, describe it more as, as a gap or maybe just a, a sense or awareness of something missing, an unsettledness in you. The desire for more is actually a sign of spiritual health. So if I turn around to my husband tomorrow after nearly 10 years of marriage and said to him, hey, honey, it's been fun, but actually for this next month, I don't really want to talk to you anymore. Then there might be trouble. Yeah. Some people might sit me down and give me a talking to, including my husband. Or if, if my little girl turned around tomorrow and didn't want to eat anymore, then I would think there's a problem here. She's sick. I must take her to a doctor. And likewise with us. 
if we no longer want to see, hear, taste, touch, experience, grow, learn the goodness of God who has more for us, then there is trouble and maybe there is sickness to attend to. And I don't say that to offend you this evening because I have asked myself the same questions this week. Do I want more? But what I do want to provoke in us tonight is this question, do we want more? Do we want to keep stepping forwards in relationship with Jesus? Do you want more this evening? And if your answer is yes, then I'd love you to come with me to this beautiful passage um, of of writing um, in a place called Ephesians. So if you've got a Bible and you want to get it out, now is your moment. If you don't have a Bible, that's totally fine. It's going to come up on the screen just behind me. And we're going to read from Ephesians 3. So this is a letter to the Ephesus church, hence why it's called Ephesians. And uh, Paul is talking here about what more might mean exactly. So I'm going to read it to us. From verse 14, chapter 3. For this reason... I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And we all said, Amen. So, what does more mean exactly? This word power, power crops up quite a lot in that passage. And not going to lie, I have a bit of a weird relationship with the word power. I think it's maybe a generational thing, but honestly, I look at the way that people wield power in the world, and I don't really want anything to do with it. Anyone else have that reaction? (laughs) You look at how power corrupts, and even worse, when power and wealth are wielded together, how often do we see that resulting in good things? Not enough. Not often enough. But the kind of power that I see talked about in this passage and that we see in the story of God's people, the power of God is like welded to his love. It's knitted together. It's completely inseparable. God's power and his love come together because his power flows from his love. It's not abusive or domineering because it flows from his kindness and his compassion. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, everything that he has and is, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being 
So that's a kind of like fairly mouthful sentence. So let's just unpack that a little bit together. So get this, this God power lives on the inside of you. If you have asked Jesus into your heart, if you have professed to follow him, then God has sent his spirit to live actually on the inside of you. God's power, God's spirit living in you. You're like a lamp with a God light bulb in the middle. That's who you are. You might not feel like that, but ontologically, like in your state, that is who you are as a follower of Jesus. So you get power by his spirit. And it's not a brute strength. It's not a domineering power that you carry, but it's an inner strength. It's the actual life of Jesus, who didn't come riding a war horse and leading a military revolution, but came on a donkey and welcomed children and prostitutes and strangers. There's compassion in his power, and it lives on the inside of you. So... You don't carry a candle stub, a kind of weak, flickering flame, although like, I can feel like that sometimes. You, you carry something more like a firework. Okay, just picture that with me for a minute, firework. The actual Greek word used there is dunamis, which is the word from which we get dynamite. It's like boom. Christians are supposed to blow things up metaphorically speaking, just so we're all clear. (laughs) Things are supposed to change when the power of God comes to live on the inside of you because it's the same power that took the dead, mutilated body of Jesus and raised it up to life again. It's the very same power that did that, lives inside of you, lives inside of me. And so that power changes things. You're never more alive than when you have the power of God inside of you. More power. That's why the paddleboard guy gets to meet Tamsin. She's disappeared. <laughs> that's why the girl with the bad ear got to hear everything. That's, that's power. That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And then the point of more power is significantly that you know more of Jesus. More Jesus. Uncovering who Jesus is, is one of the things that Holy Spirit loves to do the most. It's like his parting gift. He's just an absolute genius at it. So I don't know how many of you um, read the Harry Potter, Harry, Harry Potter stories um, or, or watched the films. You can own up to that in this church. Okay, so I've read them. I thought they were great. Yeah, loud and proud at the back there. Um, <laughs> So do you remember how Ron Weasley and his brothers, Fred and George and Harry, would unwrap on Christmas morning every year from Molly, beautifully played in the films, by the way, Molly Weasley, and they would get jumpers, knitted jumpers, appropriate wear for the Scottish weather, every year without fail, knitted jumpers. My granny um, didn't knit jumpers, but every year I'd get a voucher. It was kind of consistent. You know where you are with grams, don't you? You know where you are. It's going to be consistent. And uh, how many of you had grams like that? Did like consistent presence? Yeah. A few of you. Well, Holy Spirit is a lot like your gran. Okay. Stick with me here. <laughs> He's a lot like your gran because he gives you this present 
He gives it to you. And the, honestly, the look on Holy Spirit's face, he's just so excited to see you unwrap this gift. Just totally thrilled to see you discover, ta-da, it's Jesus again. <laughs> that, honestly, I think that is what Holy Spirit most loves to do, to uncover Jesus for us. The point of his power is significantly that you know more Jesus, more of Jesus. And how many of you know that? The more I have, the more I want. It's not just an articulation of our culture, but is the heart cry of a friend of Jesus. The more I have, the more I want. The more I taste, the more I see, the more I experience who Jesus is, just the more I want the story of the revivalists who actually kept on asking that for so long that I think it was it was Moody who had to cry out enough Lord stay your hand I cannot take anymore <laughs> more Jesus and uh, more Jesus comes hand in hand with his love that's kind of the point of verse 17 Paul gets so excited here that he just stops using full stops horrendous, horrendous habit. Someone should have said something to him. So, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. (gasps) It's like, whoa, so much love there. So much love, the love of Christ, the love of Jesus. Are you asking for more of Jesus? Do you want to know him more? Are you asking for more of his love, more awareness of his love in your life, in your heart, for your neighborhood, for your family, in your ministry, that everything you do and everything that you are would flow from his love, the love of Christ that compels us. I um, have been on a little bit of a journey with God's love recently and it surprises me sometimes how God's love turns up in the most unexpected places. So I wanted to tell you this story about how I experienced this. Um, I have this little girl, um, she's two now, but a couple of years ago she was just four months old and I have a little boy too who at the time was two. So I had a two-year-old and a four-month-year-old, stick with me here. And basically the essence of this story is that I was horrendously sleep deprived. So if you've ever had young children, you'll know what I mean by that. And uh, it was a cold, wet, dark day in February. Nothing good ever happens in February. Um, (laughs) Except if it's your birthday, you can have a good day on that day. But generally speaking for me, February is just a bit grey. And uh, I was having a particularly (laughs) bad day on this day in February. And uh, just the children had not slept. My little boy was climbing the walls, quite literally. And uh, my little girl had colic. And I was just like, right, breaking point. We are leaving the house. I don't care if we're not dressed properly, if we've not eaten. You are going in the buggy and we are walking to Tesco. Um, So for those of you who are American, that's like Walmart or something similar. And so I packed them into the buggy and set off down this street. And I was walking down the street and I saw illuminated in the window of the house, on the last house on my street, 
this um, older lady who was just drawing back the curtains. It was maybe two o'clock in the afternoon. And quick as anything, just in my head, I felt Holy Spirit whisper to me, go and buy her some flowers. I have to confess, I did not respond very appropriately to the Lord God Almighty at that moment. And I said something more like, no, <laughs> um, someone should buy me flowers because I'm having an awful day, don't you know? Um, <laughs> so I repented of that attitude and walked to Tesco and bought her some daffodils and walked back and then did that weird Christian thing that sometimes Christian people do where you knock on the door and you're like, hey, so this might be slightly awkward, but my name's Hannah and I think that sometimes God loves to speak to us and yada, yada, yada. And I got you some flowers. And this old lady who'd opened the door said to me, oh, that is so lovely of you. It's actually my 84th birthday today and you're the first person that I've spoken to all day two o'clock in the afternoon and for me in that moment it was like the love the love of God his power his compassion and his love for this woman that he would stop for the 84 year old woman living by herself on my street and that suddenly in the middle of like my self-pity party I found myself kind of swirled up into this adventure of more, that there was more for me, even in my sleep deprivation. More love. And there's more purpose kind of comes together. More power and more love always lead to more purpose. When you know whose you are, Jesus is, and when you know uh, that his life actually lives on the inside of you, that's when things get interesting. That's when dunamis power happens. That's when things around you start to change. And that's the inference of verse 20 here. Come with me to the passage. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Guys, guess what? You're supposed to ask and imagine. We don't just sit around. We ask and imagine. And his power is an M power. He puts courage in you to ask and imagine. Holy Spirit leads us to share Jesus. So we don't just get to watch as Holy Spirit gives us Jesus, but we get to also give him away. We get to be the grand, basically. Hate to break it to you. But you do get to be the grand. You get to give him away, share him. And Jesus, when he has his last chats with his disciples, tells them this. Holy Spirit will come upon you and Acts 1 verse 8, if you want to go and look it up after, you will receive power. And then guess what happened? They received power. And they went out. And 12 uneducated fishermen were propelled into the changing of an entire world. And today, over three billion people believe in Jesus and follow him. That's, I, if that's not dunamis, if that's not dynamite, if that's not blowing up out of all proportion, then I don't know what is, really. And that's the same power. The same power that they had is, is ours. It belongs to God. 
And he loves to give it to us. He loves to stir things up in us. So what purpose does God have for you as his spirit is living on the inside of you? What compassion is God leading you into? What kindness does God have you to give away? What are the ideas, what are the dreams that God is kindling in your heart even now as I speak that he would propel you outwards with? Even though you might be very afraid, even though you might be like, yeah, but, yeah, but, Hannah, this, this, this. It's his power on the inside of you. God can do anything you know. This is how Peterson puts the end of that chapter. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Would you like more? And if you would, then I'd love to pray for you. So um, why don't we stand, if you're able, and I'd love to pray for us as we just respond to God together. So just in the quiet, um, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if, if you would love just to say to God, God, I do want more, more of you, more power, more Jesus, more love, more purpose, just invite you just to put out your hands in front of you. You don't have to, but sometimes I just find that doing something physical kind of enacts what's going on on the inside and it can help you out. And so, Father, good Father, we come asking for more because we are hungry for you and we want the real deal. That's our heart cry. We want you. And I want to pray, um, Father, for my brothers and my sisters here that in this moment, as they have articulated a desire for more, that you would meet them at that place. I want to pray first for those um, who would desire more power, more of God on the inside. And I, I pray for you that you would know that his power equips you to change things. I pray that you would know that in a new way that the things that you have thought of as immovable would shift tonight in your head and in your heart. I pray you would know his power on the inside of you. And Father, I pray uh, for those of us who would ask for more of Jesus, more knowing him, more being known by him. I pray, Jesus, that you would come and meet with them in the most amazing way, that they would encounter you afresh, that that revelation, that uncovering of who you are would give them new strength. Would give them new healing. 
as your love comes and meets them in broken places. Come Holy Spirit, this is what you love to do best, so we'd love it if you came and did it. Come and show us the love of Jesus. And lastly, I want to pray for those of us who would desire more purpose, <laughs> more clarity and conviction over what it is that you've called us to and for. And Father, I pray that you would breathe through your spirit new courage and new strength into those who are asking for the first time and those who are asking really weary because they've asked for this a lot of times. I pray, Lord, would you send new strength? Would you breathe new strength? So Holy Spirit, would you come? We ask for more, and we don't want it to be just a more for more's sake, but a more for out there, a more so that we can love the city, we can love the different places and people that you've called us to, so um, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you continue to meet with us as we respond together?